Dumbest Podcast. Oh, yeah. We get the triangle offense. It's over. And it uh, looks like Stefano's got some pull-ups in maybe here. Uh, oh, yeah. 78. Oh, wow. It's Pete Colger. He runs through the fandom. Getting ready for this heat game today. Getting real ready. Yeah, <laughs> feeling right. Got the Christmas tree in the back. That's what I call the uh, when the back is just cut up. It looks like a Christmas tree. Oh, there you absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> You're looking like Bam out of bio. I'm 27 and 16. Another walk in the park. Yeah, yeah, literally walking through the park right now. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But yeah, fellas, we got some good hoops to talk about today. Uh, The Nuggets, man, they won't go away. Uh, Not going down 3-0. If they go down 3-1, that's almost a good thing at this point. But they went out and kicked the Lakers' ass last night. So let's start there. Yeah. If the Nuggets pulled it off, if they they pull the series off, they will be known as the greatest hustlers of all time. (laughs) Yeah. Right. In terms of being down three games to one. And not 2-0 and then not 2-1. So now I'm totally expecting the Lakers to win game four and the Nuggets to come back game five, uh, you know, on fire. And uh, from there, you know, we'll just take it, you know, one play at a time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really so, hope that. Game four, this is like the really so anticipated this game because of the opportunity that the Nuggets can come back from 3-1 again. But the Nuggets can also tie it up, too. So, I mean, it's kind of a win-win for us, you know, for the fans. Well, yeah, the, thing is, the Nuggets so – so close to being up to one right now. That's true. That's true. I, I feel like, yo, yesterday's, like, amazing performance from everyone is kind of like – it was kind of like the Spurs in 2014. Like, they kind of needed that fuel, you know. Uh, but, yeah, they kind of – they should have won game two. I mean, they, they kind of had that game. I mean, I don't know how I feel about it. I need to watch it in, like, super slow motion. But a lot of people think Davis traveled. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, on that last play, they think he traveled on the gather. Right, right. I know, well, I I know what you're I saying. I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't remember call it. Say, well, What do you think? I, honestly, I, I got to look at it again. But, like, I remember it kind of catching my eye. Uh, but I didn't really give it much thought. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, like, once if you don't give it much thought, I don't think, like, you know, it wouldn't be a travel, you know? I don't know. I guess, you know, you can be kind of uh, – I guess it happens <laughs> would, all the time. Some people, they, they're kind you, of hesitant. Could you imagine if, if he shoots that, he makes it, and then the, the, the ref's like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> oh my goodness. That would be <laughs> a great escape, the Nuggets. That, yeah. that would be like, the LA would fucking riot. They'd riot yeah. again. <laughs> I, I, I can hear the ref at the scores table now. Lakers lose, everyone would go fuck themselves and just run out of the arena. <laughs> yeah, see, that, that's, that's another thing. that They made these referees now, like, like they're it's like college or football, whatever, you know, where they're announcing shit now it's really yeah. weird yeah. Now, I'm, I'm not for it i don't know if i'm for it sometimes it does clear up though it clear up some things yeah i want clarification i want to know what's going on you know and we also get to hear we actually get to hear some of these referees like you know they don't get asked in post-game interviews or anything we actually we never hear what they sound like really yeah i mean honestly uh i think that it's it's weird because like you can hear so much you know in the bubble and you know, the refs can hear more too. So they can hear more of the cursing and they don't want that going on TV. So maybe like a tech over something that might not be, but like I saw Kevin Garnett say something on social media about like, I wouldn't be able to do the bubble because I'd be, you know, cursing the whole time or something like that. Hey, I'm paraphrasing. Right. Right. 
No, I uh, I don't give a fuck what the referees sound like. I really would love to hear the trash talking on the court for sure. One of my million dollar ideas is having one of, pay-per-view. Just one of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting that out on blast. I'm letting the, the public hear it now. Um, don't steal it. Fuck it. I'm not doing anything with it. There <laughs> needs to be a pay-per-view channel for NBA games or whatever. Set it up in a way, the same way uh, where you can like watch the game with the audio on the court and hear all the shit talking. Yeah. Like, there I would pay a... to listen to that, man. I would straight up pay to hear that. For so, real. like, no announcers, you just hear the crowd, basically. The crowd uh, and, like, no. The... Well, I guess well, the bubble, you just hear, you know, whatever. Well, not the crowd, like, the players. I want to hear the right. players. I want to hear the shit talk. Yeah, so, I mean, basically, yeah, not really the announcers. <laughs> I just want well, to hear, yeah, like, the well, Yeah, obviously, just the cut the announcers. But, you know, in, in my dome, obviously, you know, we wouldn't have a crowd because, uh, there is a way where you can, like, I know there is, like, there's a specific way where you can, like, kind of cut out the broadcaster sound if you're watching a game that has crowd, and oh, they yeah. have, like, the crowd sound and stuff like that, and it'd be, like, the home sound, that, that kind of thing. Like, the PA mm-hmm. announcer would make it, they'd sound like the play-by-play announcer, you know, it'd be, like, that kind of microphone. So, okay. so you'd be, like, kind of, like, in the stadium kind of sound, which is amazing, uh, but I don't know, that is something that, that they should do for, like, you know, pay-per-view for sure. But, yeah, for the, for the NBA, uh, you know, if they added it in, like, HBO or something like that, I don't know. I can see right. you know. I could do some. They do something like that, or like a you know, like a show behind the scenes show. Like they have Hard Knocks, right? Yeah. They do have something like that for the NBA called the Association, um, but uh, it's kind of more like you know, you know, family friendly. I guess they're they're way more like it's probably like PG thirteen at worst, you know. Yeah. Right. Right. I want to see right. what's going on in Daniel House's hotel room. You know, yeah. I want right. to be along for Rasheed Wallace's car rides. You know, I, I want to see what's happening. I want to get into the nitty gritty. You know, I want to see what Michael Beasley does right after practice. Yeah, <laughs> spark yeah. up a fatty. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he has a giant pot leaf tattooed on his back. Oh, does he? I wouldn't be surprised. Least surprising thing, twenty twenty that we found out. Let's see. Uh, pot leaf tattoo. I'm I'm looking it up. I heard this from uh, my friend Alex. He's he. I don't think he knows. Michael Beasley. Yeah, it looks like it's a complete lie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Will be some rumor shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some wings and it's says super cool one. beans. I'm sure he's got a pot leaf somewhere tattooed on his body, though. Yeah. You know, like he's tatted up. Like, I'm hoping he's got at least a, a, a leaf plant somewhere. He should. It's, could be he's dedicated a lot of it. I, I Googled, uh, you know, Michael Beasley pot leaf tattoo and just the things that come up are so funny. Uh, 2013, Michael Beasley will no longer be smoking weed and dot, dot, dot. Uh, yeah, right. Then uh, 2013, Michael Beasley arrested on marijuana charge Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like when Snoop Dogg said he quit right weed there. for a little bit. The breakdown bit. was him saying that he wouldn't do it again. Yeah, right. Dude, dude, he started off his NBA career getting high yeah. at, like, rookie camp with Chalmers. Remember that? Yeah, I, I do remember <laughs> something about that. Chalmers that like, Heat team that, that, that season, before they got Beasley, the season after they got Beasley, not pretty. Bro, what a disappointment. I mean, Beasley. Well, dude, actually, like, they made the playoffs. Yeah, they made the playoffs. I know they made, like, the fifth seed or whatever. They, they, they played Atlanta. Yeah. That was that one yeah. highlight factory series. That's when Wade was still a beast, bro. Oh. Like, yeah, Wade didn't Wade have a crime. squad, but he was just—he was a god. Oh yeah, no, but back to Denver. No squad god. This guy Jamal Murray. I. What do you guys think of the comparison to Allen Iverson? 
I think that's uh, you know Iverson's a better slasher, but like the way they're able to create in such small spaces and get an open look despite not being I mean Murray's a lot bigger than Iverson. People don't like yeah. I yeah. feel like because Iverson's yeah. he's like a few few inches shorter. Obviously, yeah, like he's just a little bit smaller. You like he didn't really do weights. Yeah, like Be- uh, uh, Beasley. Um, Murray's like six three, six four, listed as six four. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, Murray is having his his friggin' coming out party in the playoffs. Flirting with a triple double last night, uh, just hits the most difficult shots in uh, all heart. So I could see the Iverson comparison, but I'm sure if Leo's gonna listen to this, he's he's fuming right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, like I know. I mean, obviously Iverson is his own. You know, it's his own thing. You know, Iverson is his own, his own legend. But you know, you could definitely see like the influence. I'm the influence. This should be popped up of Iverson, if anything. He should be what? This should be propping up Iverson, if anything. Oh yeah, I could, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll say it like this, bro. You know, it, there's just guys before paved the way you know so it's just kind of like yeah. yeah of course there's a Murray because there was an Iverson and there's an Iverson before because there was I don't know who you want to throw in there like you know Michael another Jordan great. basically Michael Jordan Iverson. Uh, Iverson was special because it was a different game too like they didn't have that same ball movement it was like that was yeah, still that right. Jordan Kobe time when it was just like one man just kind of do everything and uh and the Most game I feel totally. like offensively the game has evolved a lot when it comes to flow. And uh, so Murray, in a sense, is like, had a, it sounds like, I don't want to say like, this is going to be, it's like Murray, in a sense, makes everyone better, you know, more yeah, than does. I feel like Iverson did, man. Like, oh, totally. you know, he just does like, he, but it's, you can, I wouldn't give that totally on Murray. It's just the way they, they, they understand how to play together. You know, um, I, I would have loved to see maybe Iverson, if he had Jokic on his team back in the day, how that would work out. But, but Murray's just smooth. He's just, yeah, he's. Just, I, I love his game, and he's definitely. I mean, he's got. He's just. He's just the the guard of the futures, man. These Kyries, these Murrays, that they can just handle the fuck out the ball. You can't stay in front of them. They they got the step back. They got. They can always get their shot off, and and they're just. I just love how smooth he is, man. And yeah, you know. Yeah, like that. I guess it's a can definitely compare the great guards. Just what made Iverson was so special too was that like he was so little. You know what I mean? He was so that, tough. Yeah, that he was took, the mythos of him. Yeah, he took over games, and he was culturally uh, a force. You know, like he really yeah. influenced culture like so big, and that made him even like bigger than basketball. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe but, maybe that's how it is in Canada. You know. Is, is Murray Canadian? Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. if you like go up can- to Canada, maybe everyone's like the Blue Arrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sure. sorry, the Blue Arrow. Sorry, so- sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry if I was loud. Yeah. Excuse my loudness. <laughs> oh man, right. The blue Arrow. Do you make? <laughs> what do they call him? The Blue Arrow. Yeah, the blue area arrow. <laughs> I also the blue areola. Uh, <laughs> the blue areola. The wow. Canadian something. That maple Jordan. Maple Jordan. I like that one. Maple Jordan. That's, that's what it is. That's a good one. That's, I like that. Ma- I don't know if that's maple from Murray, or that was from. I think initially that was for Wiggins a long time ago, but that might have been just been passed over to Murray. You know. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. 
Uh, Maple Jordan. Just just because I had to check it out. So I, I went on uh, and I, I looked. So Iverson's career uh, playoff high with assists was 16. Murray had 12 last night. Uh, so, but I mean, like Iverson, sometimes he would get his guys going. Certainly back to what you said, Stefano, about like the luxury of having such a good distributor. I think what makes the Nuggets so cool and so fun to watch is they essentially have their two point guards, you know? Uh, yeah. Because, like, Jokic is bringing the ball up when Murray's not, you know? Right, right. And that just gives you such tremendous versatility when you have your two best passers are also very good off the ball and uh, also good in isolation situations. And so uh, – it's interesting. Everyone talked about, you know, LeBron and AD and it's, they're definitely trying to exploit the nuggets on that. Like you see how much they're trying to force the mismatch on the pick and roll with AD mm-hmm. and LeBron, but the two man game in Denver is arguably just as strong and just as dynamic. Uh, you don't have like the freak athleticism that both those guys are more, I think physically imposing, but mm-hmm. Like, as far as basketball skill goes, they are extremely special, and they play uh, just so well together. Like, the only guys I can really think of are, like – I mean, Wade and LeBron really got chemistry going for a long time, but it's like a Stockton and Malone type thing, just like a big and a little that make each other so much better, always know where each other are. But these guys are different because of the ability to – like, just go get a bucket, too. I'm not saying those guys couldn't, but, like, you saw Jokic with his little uh, shimmy step. It's it's unguardable, you know? <laughs> and then Murray, yeah. he'll cross you up and just pop in your eyes. And uh, it's it's tough to handle. Yeah, they, they know how to work that. Like, they – you know, there's so many options when you're coming off pick and roll and the little handoffs they do. And mm-hmm. they've just mastered the art of, like, knowing how to counter what you're doing and at the end of the day it's kind of like that it's like there's really it's always a game of like what how you counter you can never really stop something you can only stop it unless the other person chooses the wrong thing but like the offense always has the upper hand and they are just so good at knowing like how to counter what you're gonna give me this and i'll take that if you that and Jokic is so good with the fake handoff or when to this or when to take it or like and, and i mean then you know murray can shoot it he can they both can shoot it they both can so it's just yeah i it's funny they're showing the world that like you know Guys like, especially like Jokic and like Luca and stuff, like, man, you don't, you know, if you understand the game and you understand how this is a game of rock, paper, scissors in a lot of ways, if you understand that, dude, you don't have to be LeBron James. You know what I mean? You don't have to be freaking a, a athletic freak to play against the biggest athletic freaks in the world, to yeah. play against the best players in the world and win, you yeah. know? And, uh, but we got to give credit to also Denver's, like, these guys are stepping up, man. Jeremiah Grant, uh, yeah. Uh, he had a big game, uh, and they're like they they just look really good. They look really really good. That whole how about the they had Dozier? Dozier, yeah. Dozier, right? Game two, yeah, and then yeah. He big free throws too. <laughs> yeah, he, he, and, <laughs> he choked oh, on those free throws. How about Jokic, man? Um, especially at the end of game two, like I, I, this was kind of like a criticism they kind of had a couple years ago, and 
you know, last year too, even uh, not really taking like much initiative, I guess, like in, in late game situations. And that game too needed a bucket. He just went right at AD. He's like, I'm just gonna score. I don't care how ugly it is. I'm gonna fucking score. And that wasn't even ugly at all. Uh, but it's like it was two guys who were deep in the paint who were not really fond of playing, you know, bully basketball against each other. You know, AD versus Jokic, and uh, mm-hmm. Jokic, he, he's he's showing that this year that he's been like. He's really been taking initiative in the last couple minutes, you know, of those, of yeah. those you know, clutch I think moments. When, when that started with him was last year in the playoffs because they had such a grueling series against San Antonio and a grueling series against Portland as well. And I think that – passive at some points at the end. Did you say passive? Yeah, like in the fourth yeah. quarter. Against oh, yeah. I completely right. agree. I'm sorry, Portland. And, and I think that where he changed was during those series when – it became apparent that even though he is a passive player, that that is not the time to be passive. I think what makes Jokic very cool is he sees it not like – he doesn't think of himself as a finger. He thinks of himself as part of the hand, you know. And so everyone should work together, and he has a great awareness of where his teammates are. But he has to realize that he is the best at putting the ball into the hoop, and that's the way the game is played. And so when he – had to kind of get aggressive. That's how they stayed in those series. And, you know, going back all the way to Portland last year in the playoffs, like he missed some late free throws because he had nothing left, but he carried that team and uh, put on some heroic performances. And then you're seeing that aggressive Jokic come back out uh, because they need him to do it, you know? And I think that like his confidence has increased. He's obviously gotten incredible. You know, I was at the game this year where he hits the game winner over Joel Embiid. Now he's hitting these ridiculous shots over Anthony Davis. You could say those are the two best shot blockers in the NBA or right up there, right? I mean, Gobert, Gobert gave him a lot of trouble. But even he punked Gobert at times. Like, this guy's turning into, like, a, a technician in the post. And so he's got to yeah. stay aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, he's gaining a lot of good experience, man. He's still young as fuck. And he's gaining a lot of good experience in these in these past two seasons, especially, man. Like he's I mean, if he keeps up like with a with focus, like you know, I mean, like anything can happen. If he stays like he's could you imagine him in like five years, you know, five seasons from now when he's yeah. like a vet <laughs> dude with all this experience? Well, I mean, honestly, he's like when it comes to players like that, like how much better can they get? Like at that point, they're just a little more seasoned and they got more experience and they probably have a better team around them. If he just keeps right. getting smarter, I mean, I don't want to fall down this rabbit hole because I feel like I talk about it almost every show, but like if, <laughs> every show. Yeah. If he just keeps getting smarter, Cause like they have a bunch of really good young players. Like when we talk about, you know, the brightest futures in the league, everyone's like, oh, yeah, the Mavericks, ooh, ooh, the Pelicans. That was always Denver. How good are all these guys going to be? Well, the Nuggets are already in the Western Conference Finals, and they're young. So just Nuggets. putting that out there. Just Nuggets. putting that out there. <laughs> like, the Nuggets. Right. Nuggets were that team last year. Yeah, yeah. And now they're better. So and, and dude's I, guess I guess people, people, they wanted to see it to believe it, I guess. I don't know, for Denver. And for you know, I remember. Remember, I said that earlier in the season that you know Denver was for me a see to believe a team. I believe in them now, obviously, but yeah. like uh, I, I'm very high in the next season too because you know oh, I thought yeah. next season and the, the Pacers especially too. I thought they were gonna have big jumps next season. Yeah, that's gonna be an interesting situation them with a the new coach too. But Stefano, I want to circle back to something you said about like the role players and guys stepping up. Uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant. I mm-hmm. mean. 
this guy is the X factor. He is, he's, yeah, you know, for sure. If they're at the, he's Wolverine, you know what I mean? If, <laughs> like, if they're the X Men, you know, Jamal Murray can be uh, Dr. Cyclops or something. Uh, Jokic can be that big blue guy. But Wolverine is Jeremy Grant. He is guarding yeah. LeBron James and Anthony Davis and hitting threes and scoring 26 points and being mm-hmm. the third prong to that attack. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. he does yeah. is so important on both ends of the floor, and I think he's one of the most underrated players. And I feel like uh, in the playoffs, I've just been so happy to see him get these opportunities because there is no way – the Nuggets have a chance in this series because they need him yep. to guard both their best players. Yeah. Like, absolutely. you know, LeBron's usually a small forward. Anthony Davis is usually a power forward or a center. Grant is the yeah. only guy on that team because Millsap's older than balls. Millsap, he still, like, has the technique, but you can tell he just can't move his feet as he used to, as well as he mm-hmm. used to on the perimeter, which means Jeremy Grant has that responsibility and uh, the pick-and-roll defense in particular I thought was really important last night because the Lakers kept trying to exploit that mismatch. Uh, they kept trying to get AD stuck on Jokic, and it was always, you know, a LeBron-AD pick-and-roll. And, and uh, Jokic and Grant did a really good job kind of communicating to each other, knowing mm-hmm. each, where each other were, so they, they didn't get burnt mm-hmm. there because that's how they've gotten their asses handed to them by the Lakers uh, at different mm-hmm. times in the series. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's critical, without a doubt. I mean, there's nothing more to be said. Like, he is critical to that team's success. He's just that, uh, you know, he offers that that length and that uh, defensively, you know what I mean? He's just, like, a real important piece guy. I mean, I can't – like, if – God forbid, I don't even like saying it, but let's say he's out of the picture for whatever reason. He gets hurt. Let's say, like, who – like, who's t- who takes that role, dude? Like, it's just I, – I – yeah, he's – he's like the Chris Bosh to that, like, Miami Heat, you know, right. LeBron Wade, he's that Chris Bosh to me. Well, it's like, let's say he's out, right? Then you have to do it with two different players. You have to use Michael mm-hmm. Porter Jr., who's going to be a liability on defense, and mm-hmm. you have to use uh, Torrey Craig, who's going to be a liability on offense. Right. And so, right. you know, I feel like Jeremy Grant's ability to play three through five in a stretch, no pun intended, uh, I think it just makes him invaluable. But I do think, mm-hmm. folks, we got we got Heat Celtics. So uh, anything, anything, talk about it. We move on. Uh, one last thing I wanted to say is that uh, I feel like they're in a with this next game. The the Nuggets are in a um, they can't lose situation. So if okay. they win, great. Right. If they one. lose, they're they're three and one and three. It's a coming back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest hustlers should, they, of all time. Should, the greatest hustlers of Denver, 2020 Nuggies. <laughs> Dude, what's insane is like their third best player all year was Will Barton. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it's impressive that they've made it this far. Honestly, no one saw yeah. them. I mean, yeah, like you're right, dude. People have been sleeping on the Nuggets, bro. Like, and look, look where they're at. Like, it's very, very true. I wanted to have the goal like, rush. We we need a happy ending, man. Like this 2020 has been insane. We need some Nuggets sort of Disney ending where place. like it's the Nuggets and the Heat. The two teams. Love it. Probably, yeah. What what'd you say? I would love to. I I think that'd be. I mean, I know that people. That wouldn't be the greatest storyline per se, but I think for hardcore fans it would be. Yeah, I think it would be the greatest storyline. 
because I mean, because most people, their thinking of the greatest storyline would be LeBron versus the Heat, or LeBron versus the Legend of the Celtics, right? Lakers Celtics or Lakers Heat, and LeBron's old team. But no, no, the Nug, Nuggets say fuck that. No, we're we're gonna spoil our, we're gonna spoil this thing. You know, we're gonna we're gonna come in and we're gonna you know we're gonna fuck your party up. Wedding we're crash. gonna crash it. They're gonna crash the party. I hope so. I hope so. I hope the no, Nuggets do it, man. We shall see. But Heat Celtics, big game, big game, real big game. What's the prediction, for game four? Mm. You know, I'm I am a very conservative Heat fan, and I'm almost ashamed of it this season. The the calls I've made, I thought that he would beat the Pacers in seven. Oh yeah, uh, oh, I, mean, I, I I called the Heat beating the Bucks. I think in six, they proved me wrong again. So it's like, I don't want to keep like, you know, I keep, I'm, I'm just conservative. I'm afraid of like being too cocky and like, uh, but you know what, man? Like, okay. I, I think the break, they had like a long, like what, three days off. I think it's good for the heat. I think, um, they look kind of tired last game. Goran would look awful. Uh, Butler looked pretty terrible. Um, I know the Celtics are hungry for sure, and they probably feel good about their last win as they should. They're probably game planning uh, around Goran. Yeah, and they game planned against the zone, and they they did they that they were just what I saw is they were a lot more aggressive. They, the coach Stevens probably made them like look at the film and be like, guys, look how passive we're being. Look how we're like look how they're attacking. Like we're not we're not attacking. Like we have to be way more. They're being the dogs in this series. They're bringing the the grit, like, what the hell? Like, we are that team, too. Like, we need to go yes. in. And they, they looked way more aggressive. And uh, so they had us on our heels, man. And um, But I think, they, man, it's going to be a good fight. Uh, I'm going to go with my heat, man, because they keep putting me wrong. Like, I can see it going 2-2 as well because this is going to be a series. But um, I'm going to just ride on my heat just because they've just proved me wrong so much, and I, I owe them one. And uh, I'm going to say they win this game because – their shooters are going to go off. Like, we shot terribly. Dude, one thing I think the Celtics did a great adjustment is that I looked at the three-point differentials. Yeah. For the Heat, the Heat shot, like, 40-something threes, and we shot, 24. like, 20% of that. Yeah, yeah. it was awful. And the Celtics only shot – yeah, the Celtics only shot in the 20s. So, that's a great adjustment. They said, like, hey, we, like, part of being the aggressive team is, like, take it to the rack. Like, we need to stop just settling. Um, so – I'm going to hope oh, yeah, that. That's a good point because, yeah, 48% shooting for the Celtics and under 40, 38 for the Heat. Like, you want to take a lot of threes in this in this era, but, like, yeah, Jay Crowder right. was two for 10 from three. Tyler Harrow was four for 12. Like, right. Duncan Robinson, a... you know, he's, he's going to be Duncan Robinson. He was four for eight. Yeah. But, yeah, it was – the Celtics did a great job getting out there on the three-point shooting mm-hmm. as well. And that's, you know, the fear I have a little bit with this, how good the, the Heat are as a three-point shooting team, is that, you know, the old saying, right? Live by the three, die by the three. Right. And, and like, you know, we're in this era where, like, that almost doesn't exist anymore because everybody's become such good shooters. And it's almost like, no, you can live by the three. Like, the kind of, you know, old Golden State kind of showed it. And, I mean, we see with the Rockets, they go cold every year. Right, and it kind of shoots them in the foot in the in the playoffs with the Rockets. They'll have some bad games, dude. Where they like just, two years ago, they the just had like the worst luck. I feel like right. it's like live or die by the three. Like, yeah. either way, that's live or die. We're we're just gonna do it. Fuck you. We're gonna do it our way. You know. I mean, they're gonna right. like. It's almost weird because like, uh, 
I remember looking at the statistics. I can't remember if it was last year or the season before, but the San Antonio Spurs like took the least amount of threes, but they had among the highest percentage. And this is like all year they would like be right around the bottom for a threes attempted, right around the top for uh, percentage. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is because that that team is just built around like getting good looks, you know, mm-hmm. right. and. Uh, right. You know, you it, it, we kind of tie it back into the Nuggets because a lot of people are going to say, like, that the uh, mid-range is the worst shot in basketball, but you mm-hmm. want Jokic taking that weird fadeaway Dirk Nowinski <laughs> mid-range, mm-hmm. you know? That was like, amazing. Yeah, you want him taking that shot. And uh, it's like the analytics are going to tell you that you need to take 44 threes, you know what I mean? But also, like, you know – Know your enemy. Know your enemy. I think one of the most fascinating things going into this series is how similar these teams are. Like, Bam Adebayo is the crux, in my opinion, because no respect to Daniel Tice, but he ain't Bam. Come on. And so, but apart from that, like, the Celtics probably have a little bit more, uh, like, one through four on their starting lineup. You know what I mean? Yeah, talent-wise. Right. Yeah, because, like, when, when they're healthy, when it's, like, Kemba, Jalen, Tatum, and Hayward, it's like, damn, all those guys can go score 30, you know? Yeah. No, no doubt about it. They got firepower, man. Yeah. No doubt about it. But they get um, after you, and it's all shooting, and you, the same can be said about the Heat. So, it's like, it is literally, like, you know <laughs> – it's like both teams are just looking at themselves in the mirror. Like, <laughs> right. I am my own worst enemy. What do we think of Kemba's struggles? I mean, like, Celtics are proving this whole run that they don't need to be, like, unstoppable if Kemba's, like, not playing that well, you know? Dang. Yeah. I mean, they're doing a good um, job on him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I, he's I, struggled I, in the last, these first couple rounds. You know, it's like this kind of first deep playoff run for him. Uh, I know his percentages don't look great, and – um, I don't know. I mean, they, they've been trying to get him aggressive at like some points and like he's been good at some like certain points and stuff like that. But it also seems like, you know, when he's being aggressive, like they seem to lose. It's like his last <laughs> three games were better, but I just yeah. think that the, the thing is Kemba Walker shouldn't be Kyrie Irving because they're better right. with Kemba Walker and Kyrie Irving was a ball hog. Okay. Let's not make this about Kyrie Irving now. Right? No, Please. But like, but what I'm saying is play style wise, because right, the, right, right. the Nuggets yeah. are better. It's totally opposite. Yeah. It's yeah, totally the opposite. Reason the Celtics kind of are better without Kyrie Irving is because and the reason the Celtics were better with Isaiah Thomas or at times Terry Rozier, you know, they didn't have a backup when they had yeah. Rozier, but the ball has to move in Brad systems office. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. I mean, just look at the last game, dude, the stats that they filled up the stat sheet. Everybody ate. Everybody had, like, 20-something. So, like, I mean, they played ideally, and it's like I'm not banking on the Celtics to be that efficient, and everybody scored – and everybody was so efficient and scored that much every game because then the Heat are in trouble. Anybody would be in trouble against the team doing that. But um, but that's what they got to do at the same time. Like, that's what they have to do. They have to – kind of how the Heat fill up the stat sheet. Like like you say, they are the similar <laughs> the teams looking at themselves in the mirror. That's what makes them good. Just like the Heat, they have to – spread the ball they have to move they it, it's when the when the scoring gets kind of evenly distributed is when the celtics are toughest to yeah. beat as they should because they have options and it's just like i was talking about the pick and roll thing with 
with Jokic and Murray kind of rock, paper, scissor, figuring out what the defense gives you. It's the same thing on a more macro level when it comes to who whose number it's, it is to call. Is like, that's, again, what makes the heat good is, all right, you know, so-and-so is kind of not feeling it or whatever, but somebody else kind of steps up, and it's you can never really just plug one hole. Yeah. And uh, the Celtics, when they're good, they do that. They have weapons. They have the firepower. Marcus Smart's been out of his mic. His shoe. Tatum's a star. You can, you know, like it's just – and they just got to remember that. It's kind of remembering their identity. Like, you know, now – we'll see. I, I'm interested to see also how Hayward plays again. You yeah. know, is he going to have a bigger impact? Is he going to have more minutes? Um, but, yeah, it's – I mean, as a Heat fan, I'm definitely, you know, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm like, this team is definitely going to give us a run. Uh uh, I'm just hoping that the Heat just, I don't know, they seem like they're just on a mission, man. They've been, they proved to be the best team in the playoffs, at least record-wise. And yeah. um, Best team in the bubble, know. arguably. Yeah, it's not hyperbole right. at all. It's definitely, like, they've definitely been like the best team. And then like yeah, Tatum, 25 points on 9 of 20. Walker, 21 points of 8 of 16. Marcus Smart, right. 5 of 10 for 20 points. Uh, Jalen Brown, 26 points, 11 of 17. Uh, Gordon Hayward, only two for seven. He only had six points. He did play 31 minutes. He'd come back from the injury. But, he yeah, played like, 31 minutes? Yeah, he played 31. Oh, wow. I but thought he played the less. other starters actually played a lot more. Uh, or the right. other, like, main guys. You know, Tice only played 24. But Marcus Smart get, played 36 minutes, if that's any, you know, perspective there. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like. Those Celtics teams, <laughs> I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion. I don't know if I've addressed it, but I had more team fun watching the Celtics teams pre-Kyrie because of the ball movement because, like, I enjoy the personality of that team with Brad Stevens as the coach. You could put Brad Stevens on any team in the NBA, and I'm going to enjoy watching them play. It's like, it's like watching – you know how there's certain coaches you're like, wow, like – Spolstra, Popovich, uh, you know, Phil Jackson, like Phil Jackson has some fun players too, you know, but like unselfish play is fun to watch and really, really hard to stop. And that's Steve Kerr with the Warriors, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's why yep. the Nuggets are a problem for the Lakers right now, because like, yeah, it's going to be Jokic and Murray. They're going to play off each other the entire time. Uh, but when you get Jeremy Grant going, that's going to be big. You know, when you get uh, – it, it takes more than two guys. And I think that's what we're kind of, like, seeing right now in the playoffs. Like, I mean, the Nuggets yesterday, they kind of had – I mean, they kind of had, like, a great game. And they had, like, they were in control the whole game. It still came down to, like, the last couple minutes, 101 to 98 at one point. Uh, yeah. The Lakers are down by three. They had the possession. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I, the Nuggets, they need to have, like, just, like, a perfect kind of, like, rest of the way, you know, just to get past the Lakers, basically. Not not necessarily to win the finals, just to get past the series. They need to play, like, the role players just need to play, like, as perfect as possible. Jeremy Grant needs to be, like, a poor man's Kawhi Leonard, and that's what he was yesterday. Lockdown on defense, versatile defensively, hit your shots. He doesn't have to be the superstar, like, ball-dominant Kawhi Leonard. But he needs to be like a three and D monster for like he is the X factor. You know? Yeah. Bam was the X factor with the Boston Miami series. Like Jeremy Grant is the X factor because he is what the Nuggets need defensively to solve the Lakers riddle, if you will. LeBron James, the the Sphinx, as they call Anthony Davis. And uh, <laughs> on the other side of that, you know, Bam out of bio is where the 
heat have a stronghold like all right mm-hmm. you guys are really good and you got a lot of really good like guard forward type players we got a physical force and if you right. don't have the pieces to guard him on the pick and roll when uh, or all game he is going to dunk on you and you are going to be humiliated for sure for sure but he had a big game monster game and they still lost so it just goes to show that True. you know that he they they're just not that team that can just rely on one player man they yeah. need everybody they need at least four guys to really like produce yeah. um give give good production points and and rebound wise and they need at least one guy coming off the bench that like really produces um i mean they just their identity is deepness you know they're deep and they're they're gritty they got to play like with energy and they're you know if they really want to make it to the finals man they got to keep that identity they can't they can't let off the gas pedal and and I don't think they will. You know what I mean? Um, I think they just had a bad shooting night, and I think they got hit in the face. But Celtics really popped them in the mouth, like really, like with aggressiveness. And and it's all right now that he'd say like, all right, they got fight. They're not gonna, you know what I mean? Like this isn't gonna be a sweep. <laughs> so yeah. now know what they're into, and it's on. It's on. I, you know, they just got to be more efficient. They got to figure out how to, on offensively, uh, they can't be that bad offensively. Um, they just they gotta shoot better, and I think the way to shoot better, the way, hold on, just to finish that point, the way for them to shoot better is that they they need to take it to the rim more. They cannot like, dude, you cannot be shooting that bad and shoot twenty more threes than the other team. It just that's you know what I mean like we need to get into our offense more by being a little not so reliant on the three and let let three kind of I don't know like. Well, even set up the three. I, I didn't like seeing that. I didn't like they that. can be good with that. They try to do that. But, yeah, a little more drive. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just really interested to see how Boston's going to – like, if it's going to be a close game tonight, how, like, Miami's going to kind of react to that. Uh, they're younger guys. Because the Celtics, this is probably their third, second, third year with this core um, for the most part. Uh, and, I don't know, do they they're, they slightly have more experience. So, I mean, I don't know if that's going to matter at, at all. But, like um, – I, you know, again, you know, the environment's totally different. So, no, we'll, we'll see. You know, the, the, the intensity is going to yeah. be pretty great tonight, though. Yeah. It's interesting. For sure. Just For sure. But, you know. T- oh, go ahead. They're, they're young, too. I mean, they – that just that, like, to answer homies, like, how the Heat are going to react. Honestly, I think they've proved themselves that they don't, like – they never quit, dude. Like, they've been down, like, 17 – and they come back and beat the Celtics, you know, like a good yeah. freaking team. So, like, the Heat's identity is, like, dude, we don't – like, they're not afraid of, like, being down much. They don't get rattled. They don't – they have poise. They're a very poised team. Um, And we have Jimmy Butler as, like, a ringleader with – he's a, a seasoned vet. And to me, I look at the other side, and, like, you're right, Hammy, they do have that core that's been together a little bit. I see Kemba as more of the seasoned vet leader. That's good they have them, but their main star Tatum, he's still young as hell. Like he's a star, maybe a superstar, but he's still like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's still still a little green. You know what I mean? No pun intended. Being a Celtics, but he's still a little green. Like, huh? Second time in the conference finals in three years. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, but yeah, he hasn't. Yeah, I I see what you're saying though, because like, yeah, he's just not. He doesn't have like the. I agree. Like, don't get me wrong. He's really friggin' good. 
But yeah, no doubt about it. But he's young. He's not. Yeah, Jimmy but Butler has like a different kind of confidence and intensity and like swagger to him. Right. And you see flashes right. of that in Tatum, and he'll get really hot for stretches. And he's been their best player all year. I don't want to take any of that away from him, mm-hmm. but like I see what you're saying. He just doesn't have like that teeth. You know what I mean? He's he's got it in him. He right. just hasn't been seasoned as much as a butler. He's got I, I love Tatum, honestly. I, I like I listen to him in interviews and I really watch his demeanor. And he's 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 got that. He's got that confidence. He's got a you know, he's comfortable in his own skin. Um, you know, I, I, I like him. I really do, and I think he's got it in his DNA, but he's just not seasoned. That's all. You know what I mean? He's he, he can be that guy, but he's just to me I just see it as like still really young. You know what I mean? He's still really young. And it's just, yep. that's just an experience thing that does play a factor. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a crazy interesting series because with the Heat having so many super important young role players, like, I mean, how old is Bam? He's probably like, who's younger, Bam or Tatum, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's a good point. They're yeah. from the same class, right? They're from the same draft class. Let's They're see. I'm looking it up. Oh, I, I, I searched Bam age and it brought up Bam Margera, who is now 40. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bam is 23. I think Tatum, how old is Tatum? Jason Tatum age. Tatum's 22. There you go. Yeah. Right. But like, Double then you've got Duncan Robinson, who I think is older than both of them. You know? <laughs> yeah, Duncan right. Robinson age... 26, you know, how old is Euro? 12. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tyler Hero's 20 years old. Like, he doesn't even have, like, dude, when I was 20, I couldn't grow a beard. And I don't think he can either. Now that I look, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think he's definitely can. Are you serious? He cannot. Yeah, no way. No shot. (laughs) Well, he does have a shot. No shot on the beard. No shot on the beard. (laughs) But, yeah, man, I mean, like, I thought, like, going into the year, it looked like Kendrick Nunn was going to have a little bit more of a role, uh, and he still has an important role. It's crazy, yeah, it's crazy. Now, this is the weird thing. This is – now, I I don't know. I know this is a subject that not many people want to talk about here, but this is kind of the thing about coronavirus is that, like, we don't really know anything about, like, the after effects. So, you know, like, he could be totally in, like, a weird – I don't know, like, because I know this is kind of a similar situation that Yoan Mankata is having with the White Sox. He's been he's not mentally there. He also had coronavirus a couple months ago. And he's just not mentally – he's just not there physically either. You know, sometimes he'll be, like, very tired some days. That, that, that's, what, that's what the coaches are saying, stuff like that. So, yeah. I don't know if that's – you know, Kendrick Nunn has not been – apparently, I think he's – I'm assuming he's out because of, like, conditioning issues and uh, that, that, that kind of thing. So, like, that's the thing that I guess we don't really know about this. And it's crazy that he just kind of fell off the rotation. It's really sad, yeah. too, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's playing way like. He, yeah, he's pretty much out of the rotation. I mean, Spolstra's giving him. It seems like almost every game in the first half, he'll give back, him a few minutes, a few ticks. Sure, but he's not. He's basically not in the in the main rotation. Yeah, he's and he's not really been that great. So, so I mean, I know a lot of Heat fans are like, "Dude, get Kendrick Nunn out of here!" He like, carried right you guys now, early you know. in the season, but you know, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know. Yeah. Hey, to take, Harry, take him in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Hey, that that could be a good way to finish up the show here too. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's jump into that hiring. Yeah, let's jump into that, oh, yeah. dude. I'd like 
you know, it's interesting because, you know, Hami and I went to school together. So that's how I know Hami. And uh, we were journalism students at DePaul. And Hami, I don't know about you, but like when I, a lot of my professors say like, don't say we about the teams. But yeah. when you root for a team, you kind of <laughs> do, you know? Right, right. Right. And because Stefano, you're not on the Miami Heat. You right, exactly. You could be if you committed to it with your jump shot. Like, like I was in shape. I just got to get in shape. Weeks and got I'm your like, lazy ass out of the park and made right. work on your jumper. You'd probably be starting for the Heat, but I mean, right. If if uh, Duncan can, you know. Yeah, but you're just here wasting away, mm-hmm. not playing for the Miami Heat. But and you still could. saying we. It's still and having we. the audacity to say we. Yeah, when you are the savior that Miami needs. I know, man. Jump shot Jesus. <laughs> but no, man, what, what, all jokes aside, like we say we when we're talking about our team, the team that like got us into basketball, you know? And mm-hmm. so I speak for Bulls Nation when I say we should be very happy right now. And Hami, I know you're a big Bulls fan, so how do how do you feel as the is my fellow we? Well, uh, <laughs> So, like, obviously, when we were talking about the subject all throughout the season, uh, we I, Donovan was not like a name that I would like bring up a lot, because you know, if you know, a lot of keyboard warriors, armchair psychologists, armchair GMs, like me, you know, <laughs> a lot of us want like the unknown guy. You know, the there's a lot of appeal to a guy like you know, like the Nick Nurses. You know, we want to see that kind of guy be like the next you know guy. But the Bulls are just not there yet. The Bulls need like stability. That's what they need right now. They need an identity. So finally. We finally got I'm, – it's really growing on me, this, this hiring, because we finally got a guy who will actually install something that uh, resembles an NBA offense. Dude, I, I, I feel you there. And, like, honestly, I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked. Uh, I mean, you mentioned NBA offense. Obviously, he can do that. But, like, dude, the shit he did in Florida, like, he is an all-time great college coach. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, yeah, how many championships did he get there? Like, uh, I think it was 19. I don't know if they won after that. I know they won two, mm-hmm. though. Wouldn't fun. I'll, I'll... I don't think 19. it was 19. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Two. Yeah, I'm trying to find this on basketball reference here. So eight conference championships, won the tournament four times. Oh, four. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, just two times. Two two thousand six, two thousand seven. Maybe made uh, it. Yeah. Or maybe that. Yeah, I don't know. It's very confusing. I'm used to the pro basketball. Yeah. But conference champion. Yeah, I guess so. They won the conference. Okay. Yeah. Is is there? It is. Yeah. His pro days, though. I mean, he's been. He has a sixty percent win percentage. Like he's had good teams. Yeah, yeah that's very good. Yeah, but this, he's also this very good players, but like you know, yeah. seeing the stuff that he did like this past year, you can say whatever you want. You know, Chris Paul was the coach too, but you know that also, you know that you can you should give Donovan some credit too. You know, he should have been he could have been coach of the year. He could have been. He he was definitely in the running, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm three. pretty sure he was like second or something. Good, yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, Billy Donovan like took a team of ragtags uh, and Chris Paul. Well, I shouldn't say ragtags. Like, SGA is really good, but he's, like, 12. And, like, they have Gallinari, too. Like, Gallinari's also- good, yeah. but, like, 
Whatever, man. That team was not had no business being in the playoffs. No one saw that. More talented teams. Like you could make the argument that a team like the Orlando Magic uh, or the Detroit Pistons have more like actual talent when healthy. But the Thunder were like a really tough team. Like he developed Dort. He develops these young players. Like, and you know what? They compete. Like you think about the Billy Donovan uh, Thunder teams. Obviously, you know they lost that series to one of the best teams of all time. But like. He has been showing the last few years that, like, his teams are very tough in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, obviously now playoff talk is, like, you know, very much in the future for, for Bulls fans and stuff like that. I wonder what, what kind of moves that we might make, though. Like, we might make some sort of trade, or are we just going to, you know, kind of run it back? I think uh, it's all going to depend. I think there's some weird contracts on that team. They put themselves in a situation as a franchise where um, you have Otto Porter on the books for like, you know, somewhere around 25, 30 million uh, on a player option that he is obviously going to take. And uh, then you have like this weird contract with Felicio that's covering like eight mil, which is not that much. But like, yeah, I think it's almost over though. Yeah, yeah, that, that was like, over like this year, or like next year, it, right? But you have just this these weird contracts where you can't really get too aggressive right away. Uh, I think the focus for the team needs to be uh, showing that they have that they're one piece away. Like this next season needs to be um, about luring a, a free agent that could bring them into contention because their window could be starting to open up in two years as far as like if Billy Donovan can develop these players, my issue with the previous regimes were the lack of development. And so I look at Billy Donovan, who's developed some great NBA players at the college level, you know, um, and at the pro level and really help guys kind of find their role and uh, grow like SGA or Dort in the playoffs. Like, but SGA dude, Billy Donovan did a great job with him. Uh, well, he was already how much better can he make Carter and Markinen and Levine and White? Because all those guys are green, as Stefano said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I I could see Kobe. I mean, you know, he I could see Kobe White developing nice under him. I mean, apparently Donovan likes point guards a lot. So you know, if, if people there's kind of question is Kobe White a shooting guard or point guard? He seems kind of like a shooting guard to me. But I mean, you know, if he wants to make him a point guard, I think he can make it work. I mean. I don't know. Like, I really don't know how he's going to, like, do with this Bulls team because, you know, we've seen – pretty much all we've seen from this Bulls team so far is shit. We've seen a <laughs> lot of shit from this Bulls team other than Zach Levine. Uh, just they to put it – that's putting it nicely. Oh, they were unwatchable at times. Like, they were they just – unwatchable since, like, Jimmy Butler left, I feel like. You know, like, those – like, that first season without him, there was kind of that appeal where it was like, yeah, we haven't been we haven't been rebuilding in a long time. I'll watch a couple games. You know, we'll lose a lot of games. Ha ha ha. And then now, you know, after you know, especially after Jimmy Butler left, the two years after that, so last season, what a mess last season was. 2018-19 season for the Bulls, and this season too. I mean, these past two seasons, a complete laughingstock, like the Dallas Mavericks of like the mid 80s or whatever. You know, that bad. Did you know <laughs> Billy Donovan played for the Knicks? I did not. What year? Dude, here, this is a bonus answer for anyone who's listening. Put this, no joke, put this in the next full court trap. He played 44 games 
for the New York Knicks in 19, the 1990 or 1987-88 season. Wow. He's Ewing's teammate. Apparently. Was that when he won the uh... – did Donovan win the finals MVP that, that season? <laughs> yeah, when the Knicks won the championship with Patrick Ewing. <laughs> they beat the Monsters. Wait, so he was on he only played like forty something games in the NBA basically? Yeah, he only played forty four games. That was crazy. Wow. Yeah, because I was I got my his nickname was Billy the Kid. <laughs> William John Dude. Donovan. Damn, <laughs> Can you imagine the fun that uh, that oh my god, he would be William John. Yeah, I can hear uh, – what's the what's the guy who does – Mike Breen. William John Donovan. What a story. Only played 44 no, no, games. <laughs> they need to do a 30, 30 for 30 on his 40 games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That'll come after the seventh championship with the Bulls, after all the seven ones he wins with the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, honestly, man, it's like it's about player development. It's about playing tough. And it's about finding an identity. That's what it's all about this year. I, I, I yeah. think that the, the Thunder were – I grew a lot more – I've always respected, always respected Donovan, but I got more respect for him this year seeing what he did without having to, like, deal with Russell Westbrook, who is just not, like, what – like, we talked about how important it is to share the ball, like, all episode, right? <laughs> Russell Live Westbrook by the Westbrook, is, die like, by the Westbrook. Yeah, like, he, he – yeah. Pretty much just die by Russell Westbrook. You can't win. I mean, like, you know, like the saying, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I feel like Westbrook is like the epitome of that saying. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, like, let Westbrook shoot. You know, that kind of thing. Like, let Westbrook do whatever he wants. He's going to do whatever he wants. And he's going to dribble like he's trying to break the floor. And he's going to stomp around. And he's going to Yeah, I mean, even if he's having a good game, even if he's having, like, a really good – like, you could live with it. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. I think that the, they just look so much better without having that, like, ball-dominant, everything-has-to-run-through-me player. And uh, so it's going to be very – I think the Bulls are going to get a lot better. They got a lot of steals last year, but they're going to get a lot better defensively. I think the Bulls, I mean, like, ever since Garpacks are gone, uh, a little more attractive as a free agent destination – uh, I know the taxes are very high. People are not very fond of that. The weather is also not great. Um, but, you know, these people, they play 41 times a year. They're also paying taxes for the other cities they play in, uh, apparently. So, you know, I don't know how much, uh, you know. Of a, I, I feel like sometimes it's a little overstated, but the weather thing could be a big deal for people. I don't know. But uh, hopefully the Bulls, like this market has been starving. You know, we know that this market has been starving for at least uh, at least eight years now. Ever so, since, yeah, they the – owners just completely F the fans in the A. Like, <laughs> dude, we could it. still have D. Rose and Jimmy Butler. And, uh, like, they that they could have made that work. Derek Rose they could have made it work. Like, even if you're just stuck in purgatory, it's, it's better than this. I'll take purgatory over hell. Fuck. <laughs> and, and, you know, you look at the heat, like, they never had to stop being Here. good. You know? Mm-hmm. Don't I mean, they had, like, good. compete. They, Right, like, even when they were not good, honestly, which was, like, three seasons ago, like, they, they kind of were in that, like, 500 club team, but they were a tough team to put out. You know what I mean? They yeah. were still yeah. – we had guys like Tyler Hero and – I mean, so not Tyler, I'm sorry. We had and guys Duncan like, Robinson, um, like, he was in, like, the G League for a long time. Right, no, for the sure. Gentlemen's like the, League, they call it. 
<laughs> yeah, man. I just yeah, they, they just player development is just it's just the future, man. It's like I think it's just gonna become more and more important. Um, and I, I think like, I think it's just it's just key, man. Like it's it's getting the stars important, but I think uh, teams like San Antonio show that uh, Golden State even, man. You know what I mean? Like Golden State, they did build that team through the drafts. You know what I mean? Steph Curry was developed. Yeah, yeah. You know they got I mean? like, two guys. Two guys, and everyone pissed their pants. Everyone shattered their pants. They got two guys in free agency. The market. Right, Cousins. and it was like, oh, it's not. Not even forget Cousins. Oh, like it was Durant. You know? Yeah, it was like, bro. Like, okay, Durant. It seems unfair, but like, dude, that wasn't a fucking, you know, uh, Frankenstein team, dude. That yeah. wasn't the Lakers when they did the whole Carl Malone. So nothing that happens. Yeah. I don't want to like, pat no, myself on the back. What I'm kind of doing. I mean, I, I remember going into uh, when they got Igudala, they mm-hmm. won. And first year ever of running with the Bulls, now running with the Bulls podcast, they were my prediction to win because I thought, like, you give them Igudala. Cause, like, well, Igudala was there for a season after. He was there for one year and then they won. Okay, so that's what happened. Okay. Then they lost yeah, I looked at all that. It's just like all of a sudden, it's like similar to this Heat team, right? It was just all of a sudden, yeah, it's like, yeah. wait, damn, this team is all of a sudden super complete and going to be really hard to stop on offense and is also really good on defense. And, like, yeah. that's just simple logic, dude. Everyone makes it so complicated. They try to make it about one person. LeBron James created the universe out of his own flesh and you know, <laughs> created the galaxy and put the stars in the sky. Like, like, bro, we get it. You think LeBron's yeah, yeah, the great. That's great. LeBron's yeah. really good. He also had, you know, a lot of pretty good – teammates but like it's not that you know complicated yeah. put the ball in the hoop share the ball play defense probably gonna win mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do that win just, it, it just feels like right like the universe rewards dude hard work and and vision that's focused and maintained yeah and i just feel like that's kind of what the heat did they maintained the vision we're gonna be a tough team we're gonna be a tough team and then you know, we're gonna just play the right way. We're not gonna do the tanking shit. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna trust we're gonna trust the guys we have. They made some mistakes and maybe they gave a bad contract here or there, but look what happened, man. They ended up, you know, they they signed Jimmy because Jimmy's like, This is the type of culture I wanted. Then they you know, Duncan Hero comes out of um Duncan Hero. <laughs> uh Duncan Robinson Duncan you know, falls Panic. into their hands and, and like look at this shit just come together, man. And they make a good trade and they they got Igadala and Jay Crowder. They fit in perfectly, seamless into the system, and and boom, bro! It's just like the universe rewards that man. I just feel like that is, you know, we're in a microwave era. We want quick, you know, instant satisfaction. Satisfaction. Wow, satisfaction. Yes, you know, and um, and it's just like we forget, man. Like the old, t- tested, time true. Just like just how it works, dude. You just kind of patience. Stick to your gun. You know, stick to like the simple principles of hard work and like holding on to what you believe in and, and, and then things like it's like a seed, bro. You can't plant a seed into the, yeah. the dirt and be like, grow, grow, grow. Like just keep watering it. Yeah. Keep watering it. And you know, like Dwayne Wade, bro, look how Dwayne Wade fell into the heat team. Like, you know, like what, like the he just high rallies. I feel like, you know, you're going to have those years where it's going to be tough and just like, damn, this sucks. Like we're not as good as we want, but, that's the years that you build. That's actually, you could call it the more important years. You know what I mean? Like those are the years that you like build more foundational stuff and like the, the yeah. energy into the locker room and to the practice, what we're trying to do. And then when the pieces come, you have the foundation for it. You're but if you don't like those players, 
Right. But it's just kind of this panic of always trying to seek the superstar and try to get the right. You're not, you're not building, you're not taking advantage of those down years when you're supposed to like, you know, build the right foundation for when the pieces do come in. And, you know, I think a lot of teams, franchises just don't get it, man. I think that's why the Knicks, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I agree with everything you said. And I'm so glad it's recorded because it was beautiful. I think basketball at its best, it, you know, is Phil Jackson new is, is Zen. You know, there is no, uh, there is no, you realize that to win, there can't be a you, there can't be uh, any like agenda for you. There can't be a personal agenda. If you want to win, you can't, want to win and score 30 you know you just have mm. to want to win and then right. in that moment you have to make the play that is going to be the best for the entire team not mm -hmm. the play that is going to you know make you look like the the hero you know mm. pun mm -hmm. intended there because <laughs> he will be <laughs> but uh yeah i mean like that's what we're seeing with the celtics and the heat you know and the nuggets like i'm the I, sorry, I can't say that about the Lakers. And I was thinking about that before the show today. Like, what's the thing that separates them? And maybe they're going to win the championship. They're definitely still the favorite to win the championship. But what separates the other teams from the Lakers is they all are pretty selfless. Like, I think a lot of people gave flack for Michael Porter Jr. in his comments. I don't have a big issue with him because he was right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I think it was pretty fucking ballsy of him to say that the way he did and where he did it and who he said it to. Mm -hmm. But like, it clearly didn't destroy their chemistry and he was right. right. And that's yeah. what is making the three underdog teams that aren't really supposed to be here, here. Right. At least, yeah, two. I don't know if I'd call the Celtics underdog, but. True, I guess. But yeah. Three. Well, there's four teams left, right? We're in the final four. Yeah, I mean the uh, what's what's their seed again? The Celtics uh, are at three seed. They are the three seed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I can find call them underdog. Lowest conference finals uh, since 1999. Lowest Eastern Conference finals since 1999. Wow, and that was the year that the eight seed Knicks came out. Eight Knicks, and then against like the fourth seed Pacers, I think something like that. Sounds about right. And then yeah, see the Celtics against uh, what five? Yeah, five seed. Yeah. They're definitely not a five seed, though. They're more like a two seed. They're a two seed for a lot of the season. I mean, they uh, in the bubble, they're probably a one seed. In the bubble, they're de most definitely the best team in the bubble. That's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, let's let's just uh, – and these can change at any time because we'll do more shows. I am about to <laughs> skip away to the mountains for a few days, so uh, you guys will have to hold down the fort. But uh, before we log off here – Let's get some predictions in for these uh, two series. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of a number. Between... Oh, for the two series. What? Uh, I thought uh, – never mind, never mind. Go ahead. Uh, I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 100. 24. Tommy? Uh, I'll go uh, 61. Wow, really close. It was 67. Tommy, you go first with your predictions. Okay, uh, I think um, I think Celtics are going to push it a little bit more of the series. I think it'll go in six, though. I think the Heat will win in six games. Um, and 
for the Western Conference, I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets. Oh! Six or seven games. Whoa. Whoa. Did you say six or? Yeah, six or seven. So, yeah, they're basically going to win. Yeah, they can win the rest of the way or they're going to lose one more game. That, the 3 1 Nuggets might make another appearance. We'll see, though. And if they do, if they do win the championship in seven games, I swear to God, if McDonald's does not, if McDonald's does not give free seven chicken nuggets oh. to anyone, everyone. Yeah. A free deal. You know, a free a move right there. Happy meal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Seven nuggets. Yeah, yeah. You got and you got a little Jokic or a Murray or even a Jerry sauce, Murray sauce. Or a little Mike Malone. You got a little action figure. Honey Murray sauce. <laughs> Honey Murray sauce. Jeez, we could be making millions right that's, now. That's Jokic and Murray into one. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. So whatever the Murray sauce is, it's got to have some maple Murray's syrup in it. Yeah. Jokic's got the honey. Maple Jordan. And then, and then the, the Joker sauce is like a kind of weird hot sauce. It's like mango? Is that mango? But then you're like, whoa, I'm, I'm on fire now. With, with a really late, spicy aftertaste. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you question uh, everything you've ever known. Delay release. Yeah. Delayed release. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I respect that, Javi. What about you, Stefano? Heat and six. Um, heat and six and... Lakers and... Lakers in seven. Five. Don't say five. Don't say five. Seven? Late, okay. Late. I was going to say. Don't say five. Because you know the Nuggets are coming back. They all they could be up to one. I got to keep reminding myself that. There was nothing lucky about that shot. But <laughs> the Nuggets put them in a position where they had to take it. And they made it, but, like, it is a extremely close 2-1 series, even if the Lakers did win the first two games. The first and the third games, are they're pretty comfortable wins for both teams. Second game, that was a game. This might be the longest Hoops for Dallas we've ever had, but it's a good <laughs> one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm down to wrap it up here. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, what's, so what were your final predictions, Stefano? He just left. Oh. But I said Lakers in seven. Oh, okay. I didn't – he disappeared. He's a mysterious guy, as you know. Yeah, he just – he just. you know what he, he – it was like a, like a snap of the finger. You know how, like, you know, when they go through the platform nine and three quarters? That's what it was like right there. Yeah. Like, he just disappeared. He went through the wall. Yeah. And we've seen him do that in person a few times, and it's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. He, he goes through, like, fireplaces for some reason. Diagon Alley. Yeah. I don't know why he's yeah. down there. But really good yoga instructor. Oh, oh, yeah, really good, really good. Yeah, we we uh, he helped me out a couple times last year, and uh, I've been very uh, focusing on mindfulness and meditation, that kind of thing, the last year or so. So, yoga has been very helpful, and I want to shout out to Stefano for uh, shout out for all the yoga advice. Awesome, yeah, he's he's a great guy to talk to about that kind of stuff. Uh, was my yoga guy back in uh, Chicago, and I'm not like obviously I was joking earlier about him starting for the heat, but he does have a great jump shot. 
Well, what are your predictions? Oh, right. I guess I should give mine. I'm going Heat and seven. And you know what? Fuck it. I am going to be a homer. And I'm going to say Nuggets and seven. There you go. You know. And it's 3-1. We all know. I'm rooting for it, man. I'm rooting for it. I want to see. The cardiac Nuggets. Oh, man. Sold to you. Not by McDonald's this time. <laughs> anyway. That's been Hoopsterdamus. Uh, please give us a little rating uh, on the on the uh, Apple Music and give us a subscription. All that stuff really helps. Uh, thank you for those of you who've been uh, supporting us uh, in our inaugural season. And uh, yeah, give give the full court travel listen. Also, quick shout out to uh, Brian. Fogarty of uh, uh, These Are Shapes. He made our music for the trap. And then uh, Evan Buttress of, uh, of, of Evan's excellent artwork. That's not the name. That's just what he does. Uh, but you can check him out on The Wax Cowboy on Instagram. And uh, get in touch with him there. See some of his work. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Hoops for Dummies podcast.